pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Steve Curran and this is Britain's favourite video game radio show. Hello, I'm Simon Byron and I've got nothing else to add to that. I thought I'd taken you by surprise by mixing up the intro a bit, like changing the pace of it, you know, changing the order of things. Well, I, you know, it just goes to show, doesn't it? After 16 years, Steve, <laughs> you still have the capacity to surprise me. <laughs> nice haircut, by the way. Oh, thanks. How are you, Simon? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah, a bit tired, but uh, doing all right. Good. Me too. Me too. I think it's that time of the year, isn't it, where we're all building up towards Christmas and ideally the chance to relax, a little bit of time off. Uh, will that happen for you? It should do, yeah, hopefully. Um, we've got the Jingle Jam coming up. Mm. First time I'm going to see that from behind the Yogg's Cast curtain. So everybody's very excited about that. I'll be down there. I'll be down in the uh, studios for the last two days of Jingle Jam. And I might be jamming on a camera. Uh, which I know, I know. This is the this is the start of it. Uh, so that'll be good. And then, um, uh, yeah, that's the last full week, isn't it, before Christmas? It'll be here before we know it. How, how are you getting on with your presents? Uh, so far... And I think I'm safe to talk about this because neither my two-year-old daughter or my partner listen to the radio show. Uh, so far, zero presents bought, zero presents considered. Is that usual for you this time of year, <laughs> or, or are, you, are, you, are you behind schedule? No, I, I'm usually I've usually got a few things in mind by this point, or sometimes even yeah purchased, but I haven't done a thing. What about you, Simon? Well, I, I feel like I'm a little bit behind. I, I, I usually just try and pick up the odd thing, October, November, bit of Black Friday, save a bit mm-hmm. of money. Very good. Um, I'm a bit confused about when Black Friday is because it seems to be na- the Black Friday sales are now, but Black Friday is not until this coming Thursday um, when the Black Friday sales usually start. So, you know, uh, that's thrown me a little. 
Um, but yeah, I feel a little behind schedule, but I'm I'm sure inspiration will will uh, strike. Maybe I'll be buying some NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The, Everybody else seems to. It's the Christmas gift that it. everyone is after uh, this this year. Um, but you you've got to play it a bit closer to your chest because uh, your wife listens to the show, or does she? Well, she does currently, and she's going to be. She's going to have to be, uh, pretend to, to, to pretend that she didn't hear when she opened her <laughs> NFTs on Christmas morning. Is that how <laughs> NFTs work? Yeah. Did I tell you Dexter started dabbling? You did not tell me that. He rang me uh, during the week just as I was putting Ramona to bed, and uh, he was he was bored. He did a video call. And he said, "Look, look here." I'm making some NFTs. I said, are you now? I said, I said, it's finally reached you, is it? He said, yep, I'm going to be rich. Interesting. I, what, said, I, I said, good for you. What's he making? Father Christmas ones, but with green faces. Of course. I mean, don't stop at green. You can do... How many colours are there? Three. <laughs> you can do three. Yeah. Well, gr- well, red, white and blue. Green's not even one of the colours. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well done, Dexter. Um... Right, I, I need to uh, front up again. Uh, once again, despite promising I would play a video game this week, I have not done that. I also haven't looked at any news stories, uh, and I don't know. I do know we've got two letters this week, so that's my prep. Uh, what about okay, you? Okay, it's going well. It's going yeah. well then, Steve. What what have you been doing? Well, I'm not sure if I can talk about this on the show. Um, Try using words. I quit my job. Did you? Yes. Come on. I did. It's all the rage. Isn't it? How did you do it? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, you've been through this quite recently, I have, haven't I, you? Yeah. In fact, I just wanted to. I, I wanted to get this done before the end of the year, so we could both say it's a big, big year for us. I, I, you yeah. know, we're getting old. It's hard to remember things, and at least you'll be able to. What year did we quit our jobs? Well, it was 2021, wasn't it? Um, so. Yes, following your trend. Uh, you'll know how it is. I, I'd sort of built up all of the reasons that I wanted to quit in my head. like, And they were making me quite cross, some of them. So I walked to work um, last week, uh, before the show last week. Uh, walked to work and um, had some... Had I was listening to Trail of Dead on my headphones. Ooh, okay. Quite loud. Get me pumped mm. up. Uh Went into the office and uh, another member of staff went, oh yeah, you're, sorry, you're, (laughs) sorry, he's not in today, he's ill. So that was that. Anyway, repeated that this week, Um, actually, you know, had a phone call instead. Can't, can't be ill from a phone call. Had a phone (laughs) call planned. Um, So yeah, got myself all pumped up and then the phone call started and it just became, you know, just a really polite conversation of just, I think I've had enough. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I change your mind? No, I think I'm done. Okay, well, you know, we'll be sad to see you go. I'll, I'll be sad to leave, honestly. Just, like, apologising uh, gently for half an hour. Um, yeah, so uh, so it's been quite a busy week. Uh, How do you feel now? I feel... Probably the same as you did when you'd done it, which is a little bit nervous about the future, uh, but excited generally. I, I And I currently, and because this is a radio show, we can reflect back on this in six months. Uh, I currently feel like I've done the right thing. 
good. <laughs> Let's see, shall we? <laughs> well, best of luck with that. Very, uh, yeah, very pleased to hear you've done it. Um, have you? Did you have to work notice? Yeah, uh, uh, a little bit, and um, yeah, still negotiating those terms. Uh, <laughs> so I'll update you on that on the radio show do. this time next week. Do you think there'll be a leaving do? Well, it's Christmas, isn't it? So there's a lot of like I would imagine that would be wrapped into the party that will probably be cancelled because of COVID. Uh, so maybe I'll have a little leaving speech on Zoom again, get pumped up for it, and just say thanks. Do you know what happened to me? Tell me. I said, right, thanks. This is on Teams, which mm-hmm. I hated. Part of the reason I was leaving the company, I hated, <laughs> hated how uh, obsessed everybody became about Teams. Mm. Uh, nobody had done or said anything. And I went, okay, then. Uh, I'm just going to uninstall Teams. <laughs> and they went, good luck, Simon. And I went, okay. And then I uninstalled Teams. That's a very modern way of leaving a, a job at a company that you've built up six and a half years isn't it amazing just log it off teams now all right well i will update you on this over the coming weeks about my plans plans for that uh we should get on with this are you ready for the news simon i mean how do you follow that news though that's the thing you have you have done you have got some news this week and uh, it's that you follow it with five stories you've nicked from other people's game sites this is the news I have got a couple of sites, uh, sorry, a couple of stories in front of me from Eurogamer, so you won't be wholly on your own, Simon, but you better kick it off. Okay, well, shall I do the ones that I don't think are currently top of Eurogamer then, if you (laughs) were doing it while we were filling for you then? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Feral Feral Interactive has announced plans to release Alien Isolation for iOS and Android devices on December the 16th, 2021, writes Tom Ivan on videogameschronicle.com. Priced at $14.99 slash £12.99, it will include the base game and all seven of its DLC packs. The title has been adapted for touchscreen play and features a fully customisable interface, although gamepads are also supported. The stunning triple so this is a quote now. The stunning AAA visuals, arresting narrative, and terrifying atmosphere of Creative Assembly's award-winning sci-fi masterpiece have been faithfully re- replicated for phones and tablets. Feral Interactive claims this is the complete survival horror experience brought to mobile without compromise. Has it now, Feral Interactive? <laughs> has it? Has it been brought to mobile? without compromise. I'm not sure about you, Steve, but when I played Alien Isolation, and I've played it several times on many formats, I've stood I've stood really far away from the screen, haven't you? Mm. Just to make sure that, you know, that uh that the that the terrifying visuals uh gave the impression that they were on a seven inch screen at best. Mm. So uh, I have not played a game like this on a mobile device. Have you played any first-person games on a mobile device? Uh, I played PUBG a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, no. No native 
mobile FPSs. Me neither. Uh, which, you know, you would imagine leaves us in a bit of a sticky situation here, talking about this new story. But oh, that well, isn't it? Is it because we prefer our FPSs uncompromised? <laughs> there is that. Um, but I was just reflecting on this. I was thinking, have I ever played an alien? game before at all because i've never played isolation uh you know um one of our good friends will worked on it um and i still don't want to play it because i don't want to be scared that's not why i play video games however i think the first time i met you or one of the first times i met you was working on an alien video game wasn't it the alien trilogy it was the one on playstation yeah, was that was that no? Was yeah? Sorry, was it called the Alien Tril- Trilogy? Was it not called Alien not... Resurrection? Was it? Was it? It was. It was done by Argonaut, wasn't it? And it was published by Virgin, and it was on PlayStation, and it came bundled, or it didn't, I don't know if it came bundled with, but it had a mouse. It was one of the first twin stick games. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it had a mouse that <laughs> plug in for the PlayStation because I think someone had gone. Yeah, don't know how to get first-person shooters working oh that sounds convenient doesn't it yeah and had a quite a weird had quite a weird control system on the playstation i know that i remember that when you pressed one of the sticks down it immediately span you around which is you know like uh, i guess it's one of those those design ideas that feels like a good idea in theory because yeah it's a game where you'll suddenly feel something behind you and quickly press down on the stick and it'll spin you around but actually it's a horror game so you're gripping that controller tight and full of fear and of course a lot of the time you panic press down slightly too hard spin around don't know where you are then the alien gets you seven out of ten my apologies it wasn't um argonaut it was probe ah that's right that's right that's right so we met you in Croydon, did we? No, you met me. Well, I don't know whether we actually met for the first time there, but this was, I remember this vividly in the Edge Games room. Uh, okay. Was I wearing a xenomorph suit? <laughs> Just breathing, a mouse. breathing down my neck. That's incredible. Unparalleled realism. No sacrifices at all. Well, um, a next-generation critic hailed the game as both a strong first-person shooter and an excellent adaptation of the film series. Uh, published by Acclaim. Is this the right the right game? It looks... Oh, no. Fox Interactive did it. That's why I would have been working on it, because I worked with Fox on Die Hard and Alien back in the day. There we go. Uh, there we go. Glad we've established that. So memorable, so memorable anyway. Um, or, or, there you go. For, for, for $15, you're going to be able to play a gimped version of Alien Isolation <laughs> on your phone. Have fun. All right, let's talk uh, more numbers here, a different order of numbers. Star Citizen has crossed the $400 million raised mark. Uh, this is from Wesley Yinpool, updated on 20th of November 2021. The remarkable money raised has come from just over 3.3 million backers according to the Robert Space Industries website. Um, in October, uh, nearly $8 million was raised. So they are still coining it in uh, for this game. Uh, have you seen anything about it, Simon, at all? 
Well, I, I mentioned this uh, this week when I was doing a talk up in Leeds, uh, and I, probably, I, I can't believe I've not mentioned it on the show. Uh, I launched the Star Citizen Kickstarter in the UK. You um, have mentioned this because we've talked yeah. about how you could have been a Roberts funded yeah. millionaire and by that's, now. And that's, well, and that's why I cannot read anything about it without <laughs> kicking myself. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, good, I mean, good for him. Yeah. Good for everybody. I don't know why you're doing it and why you continue to do it, but I don't, I'm pleased for you. So it's been in development now for nine years. Um, uh, that's when the crowdfunding began. The current roadmap says uh, the 3.16 update is due out by the end of the year. Uh, there are no released windows set beyond this point. And you'll remember also they were going to do a spin-off game, Squadron 42. Uh, that, yep. A year ago, cinematic single-player story. A year ago, in October 2020, Roberts admitted uh, that still has a way to go before it hits beta. Yeah. It is currently seven years behind its original delivery target. It's all hands on deck counting the money, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to, you know, <laughs> programmer, stop programming. We've got to count this now. Um, yeah. Mark Hamill's in um, Squadron 42, isn't he? Is he? Is he probably... Um, yeah, I think it's so is um, one of my relatives. Oh. Yeah, he, he asked me uh, if he should get involved. How much said, did you tell him to charge? I said, they've got a lot of money and they've got even more. <laughs> <laughs> they've got even more money now. Um, all right, your turn. Ba, ba, ba. So, uh, Rockstar Games has published its first major post-release update for GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition, admitting that the much-criticised remasters did not launch in a state that meets our own standards of quality, writes Andy Robinson on VideoGamesChronicle.com. The remaster collection was released last week with a significant number of technical issues and as, as well as unintended documents within its game files, such as unlicensed music and developer notes. Rockstar temporarily pulled the game from its PC store and the console versions currently have the worst Metacritic user score ever. Wow. On Friday, Rockstar published a statement apologising to fans for the state of the release game and promised a series of updates, the first of which is out now. It also said it'll be adding the original versions of GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas back to its PC store and giving them away for free to definitive edition owners. Firstly, we want to apologise to everyone who has encountered issues playing these games. The company said the Grand Theft Auto series and the games that make up this iconic trilogy are as special to us as we know they are to fans around the world. Doesn't feel like it, mate, does it? <laughs> uh, the updated versions of these classic games did not launch in a state that mate, meets our own standards of quality or the standards our fans have come to expect. It added, we have ongoing plans to address the technical issues and to improve each game going forward. With each planned update, the games will reach the level of quality that they deserve to be. So there we go. I mean, so uh, a qualifier here. I'm I'm still playing it on Switch. It's still rubbish, but I'm having a really <laughs> good time. But far from placate me with these, oh, you know, it doesn't launch up to our, it doesn't meet our own quality thresholds. Well, somebody shipped it. Um, I'm doubly annoyed now because, you know, I paid the same, well, my American friend paid the same amount of money as uh, other US purchasers. Um, but this um, this compensation 
as it is to PC owners who get the original versions for free. Uh, like that's great for the PC owners, but you know, us switch people, it would have been nice to know that before we decided which format to buy it on. So I don't know. It just makes me even more angry. I'm still having a good time though. Uh, I liked Eurogamer's headline about this, uh, which is from their digital foundry subdivision. Uh, The headline is this, GTA Definitive Edition, Vice City and San Andreas add to the disappointment, subheader, and the new patches do not address fundamental problems. That is clear and concise, as you would expect from Digital Foundry. Um, Yeah, like you, I'm, despite everything, still tempted because, you know, part of me goes, how bad can it be? Like, and I guess, I guess that's the point that they're battling two things, right? They're battling the fundamental. Well, it can be this bad problem. This game should not have been shipped yet, and also uh, the rose-tinted thing. Like, if we went back and plays played these games as they were, they probably wouldn't be as good as we remembered. GTA Three always had control issues, right? And by trying to address some of these things and the graphical issues, as we talked about last episode, um, yeah, they've made more problems for themselves. Yeah, but I, and I, you know, I've seen uh, a really vocal backlash across you know any form of the internet into which people can type, and yet it, there it is at top of the chart. So. <laughs> How sorry do they need to be? It would be interesting to judge it once they finish patching it and go, okay, what? So presumably those are the standards that you, uh, or the level of quality that they deserve to be on. <laughs> Let's see. All right. In um, video game transmedia news, League of Legends animated series Arcane is getting a second season. That's all I know about this, Simon. Uh, the reason I picked it out is because I saw someone on um, on my Twitter uh, Twitter feed saying, oh, Arcane is really good. I was just quite surprised at that, and I thought, well, I'll bring it up on the show and ask yeah. if Simon knows anything about it. I mean, obviously you stop thinking about it at that point, because if you'd continued thinking for, I don't know, a sentence or more longer, <laughs> you would have thought, no, he probably doesn't, does he? Because he knows nothing about League of Legends and he doesn't have time to do anything. Um, <laughs> like you, though, I've seen uh, lots of people being positive about it. Mm. Um, and the other uh, thing I've noticed is that um, some of the uh, some of the more... <laughs> right-wing um, audiences on the internet are are worried about it as well, so it's clearly doing something right. Um, I'm just watching the... Uh, just watching the trailer. This is like an unboxing, but with your eyes. Talk us through it. Steve reacts live. Go on. React. <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> skipping through the trailer. I don't think a career in influencing is... is, is uh, it's yours, Steve. Yeah, honestly, Simon, uh, you're not missing much from the te- teaser trailer. It's just a big old A that breaks apart with some um, some lightning. Um, but I believe, I believe uh, this is um, is this is this anime? Is that what they call I've it? Seen, I've, I mean, I've seen nothing. Sorry, do you do you want me to comment? Yeah, I do want you to call it. Uh, do, well, sorry, I've seen nothing on. on it, so I don't know. Yeah. You tell me. 
It's an animated TV series. Okay. All right. Anyway, sorry. Uh, uh, well, someone... Anything else you need to catch up on uh, yeah, that just, we can help with? Just, uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe that's... Do you reckon you could get as a distribution deal for that, Simon? Two old men no, watching no. anime. No problem. Great. Uh, next news story, please. Do you know what? I'm even certain that the URL is still available. <laughs> Uh, right, um, Atari, and that's not in inverted commas when it should be, um, <laughs> has stated that it made an error in wrongly attributing its its new unreleased games to legendary designer Howard Scott Warshaw. Let's now fix the mistake. Atari, uh, sorry, this is on videogameschronicle.com, written by Chris Scullion. Uh, Atari launched a new level, level called Atari X... I'm going to start that again. Atari launched a new label called Atari XP this week in which it plans to sell never-released and rare Atari games from the 1970s and 1980s. The company claimed in its marketing that the titles were created by Howard Scott Warshaw, who is one of the most famous Atari game designers. The three games on the Atari XP site are Saboteur, which was described as a creative multi-level shooter developed by Howard Scott Warshaw, in 1983 but never released Yars Return a sequel to Yars Revenge which was said to be created by Howard Scott Warshaw and slated for for release in 1983 An Aqua Adventure a game apparently designed in 1983 and attributed on the site to Howard Scott Warshaw Atari is selling each game in two forms a $49.99 standard cartridge and a $149.99 limited edition cartridge which comes with a poster, a printed manual, a collectible pin, and a certificate of authenticity. Video Games Chronicle contacted Warshaw, who told us that while he did develop Saboteur in the early 80s, Yar's return was actually a homebrew hack he had nothing to do with, <laughs> and he had never heard of AquaVenture. Now Atari has confirmed the listings were made in error and that it's corrected the mistakes. In our marketing materials, the developer credit for Saboteur was applied to Yars Return and we failed to spot the mistake prior to launch, the company said. The Atari homebrew community is extremely passionate and we appreciate that they immediately brought the issue to our attention. We have updated the information on atarixp.com and will share more information about the game's creators and legacies in the coming weeks. Um, I mean, you know... Atari's not Atari anymore, and Intellivision's not Intellivision anymore, and yet both of them are pull- pulling these ridiculous sleight of hands, pandering to the legacy that their that their name uh, has attached, and just you know acting in such a shoddy standard. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if like, would you trust a creator's edition by somebody who hadn't even researched the development for the press release? No, uh, one assumes they popped onto Wikipedia, the encyclopedia that anyone can edit, and uh, took whatever was there and thought, yeah, someone's probably probably done this properly, but they clearly weren't doing it properly. And one assumes as well that whoever owns the, you know, all of the, well, I, I want to call it like a goldmine of IP. I don't even know if that's true anymore. Like, I think there was a case, you know, maybe 20 years ago where people who were still playing video games actually cared about this stuff enough for a resurrection. Um, And then if you brought these brands back to life in the early 2000s, then, yeah, some of them could still be going concerns now. But if you're just buying these names in, no one cares. 
No one cares apart from the people who Atari have just offended right now and have written to them angrily, right? Um, so yeah, presumably someone else will buy all of this IP uh, again and it will keep this 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 cycle will continue forever and we'll never get the hotels that we were promised a couple of one you know a couple of years ago in one life left <laughs> no that's absolutely correct i can't I, who in their right mind would be buying atari cartridges now i don't get it Steve. i don't get it world's gone mad it has uh is that it for the new section uh yeah yes. let's say it is. let's say it is all right thanks simon listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM, the greatest radio station in the world. Resonance broadcasts out, out of London, uh, but you can still hear it anywhere in the world at resonancefm.com. You can also get One Life Left as a podcast. That's available at www.onelifeleft.com. There you'll find the show notes written by our undercaretaker, Phil, uh, and he will have transcribed the names of the songs that you can hear on the show. So if you want to know what you're listening to right now, go there, read, and also you might be able to find the name of the chair that Simon's sitting on. Someone asked about that again, Simon, on the Discord this week. I saw, I'd like to correct them, I didn't buy the green one. <laughs> I, bought the, I bought the black one, okay? But it is, uh, it is the, that brand, so... It is that it brand, is that yeah, brand. and the green one was... Um, 
the green one was cheaper at the time. It's Black Friday. They'll be giving them away, won't they, soon? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if we can, can you know, update our review of it, it's still holding up. I still very much look forward to sitting down, although I'm doing too much of that these days. I mean, you know, I'm about to hit a significant milestone and I've always been told right from an early age that your body's metabolism slows right on down. I appear to be doing nothing about that. Um, <laughs> again, I was in... Um, I was yeah I was in Leeds as, as as I said I stayed over in a hotel, uh, which was nice. What wasn't nice though was the harsh hotel lighting. Uh, that in the morning as I was pulling a t-shirt on, uh, you know there were shadows cast upon my torso. I, actually, I wouldn't even describe it as a torso. <laughs> <laughs> it's this blob of flesh, and I was like, oh god. And I, then I've been trying to do this. Um, Trying to get onto one of these fashionable diets, and it's just making no difference at all. Which I might just give up. Well, Steve, wait, no, 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 no. You can't just say that. What What is the okay. diet, and why is it fashionable? Well, it's a five. Uh, it's the the five two diet, mm-hmm. where um, on two days out of the seven you fast, uh, or you effectively fast, um, and that's I've I've used it many years ago before, and uh, boy, I had a torso then, Steve. <laughs> Um, hold on, and hold now, on, hold on. If it's fashionable, how come you used it many years before? So, well, I mean, it's it's fashionable to do a diet that isn't actually just just eating less. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. right. It, I understand. Like you know, the the, the sort of other sophisticated. Oh, I'm only going to eat bread. Why are you a duck? <laughs> um, well, ducks are you know, they're pretty slim, aren't they? <laughs> well, you can only see half of them underneath. <laughs> no. Beneath they're massive. Um, so uh, yeah, and then I've been getting on these um, these smart scales, and it, it's just you know nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Don't worry about do, it. Do, You've got a chair. I do worry. Well, I do worry about it because I might have to go to a hotel again. <laughs> I, I honestly, it shocked me. Don't put on the lights. That's the option. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Should we do the letters? Let's do the letters. Okay, we have had uh, one letter, I think, in the Discord mailbag, which I will dig out now. I think we had one in our One Life Left inbox as well, didn't we? We do within the inbox. It's actually Chris Conroy uh, um, who sent us uh, yesterday an email that said, resending the mysterious missing letter. Spooky. And that was on the 7th of November, Chris Conroy wrote, Dear team and SSG, I hope listener and Discord uh, Dr. Mike Reddy doesn't mind too much, but I played their assigned game, the 107% rule this week, as it caught my interest when it was allocated. Uh, we should um, explain this. Uh, so when people arrive in the Discord, uh, we assign a game to them that contains the number of the listener within the Discord that they are. Mm, so every uh, listener is assigned an official number when they arrive on the Discord. This is the only way we have of counting them. Uh, and we're on, yeah, 120 or something like that. Yeah, well, at the time when Dr. Mike Reddy joined, he was listening to... Um, listener. 
107. And it turns out there's a game called the 107% Rule. Right, continuing with the letter. I won't go into too much detail as I don't want to steal Dr. Mike Reddy's thunder when they review the game in the listener-based feature that is yet to be developed. But what I can say is that it is a hyper-focused abstraction of Formula One racing based purely on tyre and pitting strategies in a race. I found this idea of of taking one tiny part of an overall system and making a game about it really interesting and on first impression fairly unique. What other other games can you think of that take this same approach? Your close concentration correspondent, Chris Conroy. Uh, I've not played that game, Steve. Have have you, the 107% rule? No, but I love that idea. Uh, And I love that letter as well, Chris. Like taking a small aspect of something and expanding it out into a bigger experience. I suppose you could argue... I'm trying to work through this argument before I say it, but it's too late. That all games are a slim slice of some bigger experience, right? Mario doesn't simulate all of Mario's life, does it? Just just the exciting parts. I'm sure there's, you know, Mario has to has to sit down, do his taxes. Mario has to make his tea, use the microwave. You know, has to get up in the morning, brush his teeth, all that. We skip that. We just go straight to the jumping on things' heads, chasing down Bowser, saving the princess part. So, isn't that the case with every video game? Steve, I, I mean, if I was wearing a hat, I would take that off to you now because <laughs> what you've done there is uh, you've very well hidden up the fact that we don't have an answer. <laughs> um, to that and uh that's a strategy that i'm going to employ for further further letters okay uh that's good because this next one we've actually got three in the mailbag uh next one's brilliant uh they're all brilliant of course this is from j james parker j parks uh dear team dear ssgs i have just seen this fun tweet from ea fifa he links the tweet and then quotes it we are aware of an issue which prevents players to advance to matchmaking if Joe Cole is present in their squad. <laughs> so, I suppose my question is, which real-life celebrity has prevented your progress in a video game, either in person or by some extraordinary feat of digital shenanigans? That was so funny, wasn't it? And it's just such a shame that it wasn't John Terry. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, the fun that you could have had? Uh, and I think it's all been tested in a court of law mm-hmm. um, with responding to that uh, that bug report. Um, but, you know, in a sense, all celebrities stop us from progressing <laughs> video games, don't they? <laughs> you know, because I once lent um, uh, Angelina Jolie my my game pad and she's yet to return it I, that went too far that's the yeah, i'm sorry uh <laughs> it's, it's enough i think um do you uh you, you know what like what would be good listeners is if you heard one life left floundering uh failing to respond to an excellent letter like you have just heard twice in a row why not write your own letter answering the previous week's letters I'm annoyed because I've got a better way of... I've got a better thing I should have done, Steve. Okay. But there we go. Do it. You know, Do it. We'll, we'll edit it in later. I won't. No, but, that's why I won't. Let's pretend. <clears throat> uh, okay, well, we've got another letter. Here we go. Um, 
This is from Morgizi. Uh says, Dear team, my new phone tells me the name of track, uh, sorry, tells me the name of the track and the artist of any music it hears. Oddly, it thinks that the letter's background theme is Privilege by Incubus. After detailed research, I think it's the quiet bit at 216. Anyway, to sum up, what other big shouty bands put tributes to One Life left in their music, or who would you like to see do this? Well, in a way, you know, all music's the same, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's all just a sequence of notes, um, one after the other, mm. sometimes the other way around, some before others. Um, so I'm not surprised, actually, that that's... In fact, I'm surprised that it's the first time that somebody's somebody's written in about it. W- um, would you describe uh, Muse as a big shouty band? I'd describe them as a big band, certainly. That's enough. And they shout. I'm sure they shout. We all shout sometimes. We don't see Matt Bellamy shout often, but I'm sure like everybody else, he goes home, he has to do his taxes, shouts at them. <laughs> Big shouty band. Uh, who wrote the uh, Who wrote the letters theme? Can you remember? I can almost remember, and I don't want to get it wrong. So what I will do is speak slowly and then try and use my Mac to look at the metadata and say, yes, it was Ugly Fruit. Okay. Andy Jenkinson. Yep. Uh, So I wonder then, uh, do we know what Andy Jenkinson's favourite music is then? And whether that, (laughs) whether... It's probably Incubus, isn't it? Do we think so? Must be, must be. Um, Mm. Right, and finally, Weaselspoon writes this. Hello team, hello SSG. This week, I've discovered that the Xbox controller drivers for Mac don't work with Big Sur, and there is no simple workaround. I've always reached for an Xbox controller when I need something that just works, and I know that there are plenty of alternatives, including any Bluetooth controller, but it feels like something I've taken for granted has gone. What certainties in gaming do you think will stick around? Any image of a tech, any image of text tweeted by a large game studio will be a delay to their big game, and fans will be angry. That's a good example. Pip pip, Robert. Certainties in gaming forever, Simon. Oh, um, Ubisoft games will be uh, at least half price uh, before you've even installed them. Um. So, you know, I've I've played um, not as much as I would like of Far Cry 6, and I wish that I'd just, you know, saved that time and bought it now. Riders Republic seems to be about a third off already, and I think that, I don't even think that, I think that only came out, like, yesterday. Um, and the problem with that sort of thing, you know, is that, is that people are beginning to recognise the pattern. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Pretty dangerous. Whereas the Call of Duty games appear to never be on on significant discount, or if they are, uh, it's it's usually a long time after they launch. So yeah, I'd say Ubisoft discounting patterns would be the ones the one thing that you can trust. What about you, Steve? An inappropriate number of games will st- still continue to devote a button to jumping when jumping is not a thing that we really do in life very often games that's a good point you know media is supposed to be a mirror of society uh and we base you know i don't know 
30% of our video games around jumping. And I don't jump very much. Does your daughter, though? Because mine loves a jump. Uh, Like, I've never... You know, the joy with which she leaves the house, Mm -hmm. tiny little step, Mm -hmm. but she'll put both her hands up, I'll hold them, and then she'll jump down, um, you know, as if that's one of life's greatest pleasures. She does love a jump. That is true. And maybe the lesson here is actually that, you know, not that games should include fewer jumps, but you and I, Simon, should be jumping more. Mm. I think that's it, Steve. Good. Although, you know, as discussed, there <laughs> takes more of an effort to get me <laughs> to leave the ground these days. So, um, yeah. Jumping in your hotel so room that. with the lights on. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Real, yeah, so, so, so the hotel room doesn't have... Real world physics. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll be wobbling for days. All right. Uh, that was our excellent letters section. If you have any letters of your own, perhaps in response to this week's letters or that image of Simon Byron, please email team at onelifeleft.com. Or you can drop us an email or, sorry, drop us a note on the Discord uh, in the hashtag mailbag channel. Here's some more music. back and this is still one life left on resonance 104.4 fm or on your favorite podcast provider uh, we will be getting to the review section in a little while which i hope simon is going to carry because i have let you all down again but i do have an update on marioki uh, we did our first 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 proper comeback marioki gig uh, this wednesday at the newly launched loading bar in Peckham. And I'm here to tell you, Simon, Marioki is back. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, Marioki is where we sing pop songs about video games. And uh, for the last two years, we've not really been able to do it. We spent three months doing a sit-down version in Hackney, and that was great. Thanks to Rule Zero for that. But it was so good to be back in uh, a standing-up, raucous environment and back at loading as well. What did you uh, reopen with? 
I opened with uh, a version of Jay-Z's classic public service announcement that I'd rewritten for uh, Marioki that explains what Marioki is and, you know, then hands the mic basically over to the next singer. Uh, that was good. And we closed with The Killers. Um, what's that song called? It's all those probably, things I, well, I've, I, all these things I've yeah, done. All, all, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. And how was everybody back and singing and, uh, you know, the rest of it? Did every, was everybody okay? Were comfortable? Was there any weird, did everybody feel weird about it? It felt natural right from the start. And I think we are now in a, it seems to me that we are in a society which is comfortable with the idea that some people are comfortable with the idea of getting COVID. And uh, I think I would I would guess uh, the majority of the people there were vaccinated, certainly all of the Marioki staff are. And um, there is space in the new venue for people to hang back a bit. So not everyone has to be clustered around the stage and jumping around and dancing and singing. But it was, you know, incredibly joyful to see people there being able to do that and people committing to it as well. I had an absolutely brilliant night and a less brilliant morning the day after. Uh, I was very, (laughs) very, very hungover. But it was great. Next gig is on the 10th of December and that's our Christmas party. And Simon, it would be wonderful if you can make it for that. Uh, uh, But tickets will go on sale, I think, on Monday. Oh, wait, Monday's tomorrow, maybe Tuesday. I would love to, Steve. But however, again, in you know, increasing uh, examples of ageing, well, actually, this isn't necessarily an old thing, although it has taken me a long time to do it, <laughs> getting tested for uh, for sleep apnea that night. Congratulations, maybe? Well, well, you know, I've been... Um, uh, it's something that my wife has been on at me to do for a while because, I, you know, I do snore. I've snored for, I've snored for a long time. Uh, as you well know, Steve, uh, but I, um, you know, that combined with things like, you know, increasingly thinking about your health and how your sleep affects your day and your blood pressure. Um, I thought I'd go and check it. I'd, I'd, I'd get it checked out. Mm-hmm. What I was told is that uh, I'd go to a sleep clinic and I expected that to be a laboratory that I would sleep in. And that I'd be monitored. <laughs> I'd be hooked up to some machines and some dials. And I don't know, you know, young doctors and nurses might come by and gaze at me as I'm sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Just make notes show, on the clipboards. Exactly. Look yeah, at each yeah, other, yeah. nod, cut yeah. to the next as scene. The, yeah. as, as the glass is rattling, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling sorry for those that need to sleep under the same roof as me. Um there's nothing sne- sexy about a snore, Steve. I can tell you that. Um, uh, and but so I was like, okay, well, I was prepared for that sort of slight humiliation, uh, with the expectation that actually my reward would be a nice night sleeping in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> that's rich. Um, that's as much know. as we can hope for, isn't it? That's the truth. Well, like without the sort of through the night distractions that, that I deal with at my house. I don't know what it's like at yours, Steve, but you know, the sort of constant waking of dad, 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 I've done a wee. Mm. Okay. And that's just it's from like, your like, wife. It's, it's, <laughs> she doesn't have to call me dad anymore, Steve. <laughs> Um, 
Uh, and then, um, yeah, and all that sort of nonsense. But I just thought, you know, a night in a hospital would be lovely. Anyway, it turns out that you go there the day before and um, they give you the, the equipment to, to go to take home and measure you that night. You've got to drop it off the following no- morning. And sadly, I think I should take my uh, medical referral more seriously than picking up the equipment on the way into London, going to Marioki, having a few beers... <laughs> And then handing back the results the following morning where they look at it and go, what the hell happened there? <laughs> I mean, we never we never see Mario's battles with sleep apnea, do we? <laughs> we certainly don't. Uh, so, no, sadly, I won't be able to make it. All right. Uh, um, that's, a, that's, that's one of those excuses which almost had too much detail and starts to feel implausible at that point. Shall I tell you the reason why it had so much detail, Steve? Because mm-hmm. I've worked out the longer I talk, talk in this bit then you can't do a fast five. (laughs) Time for the reviews. Genuinely, I'd absolutely forgotten about fast five. You were fine. Oh, okay. (laughs) In which case, then, there was TMI. I apologise. I'll say anything to get out of having today five connected video games. Five games that involve sleeping. Go. I'm not even going to hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I am. Um... There was that comic relief game. Sleepwalk. Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker. Yep. Um, I would say uh, four others. The anyway, one, listen. The, we, we, the one that's by our friends, uh, Krillbite. Beyond uh, uh, the... Among the Sleep. Among the Sleep, thanks. Among the Sleep. And then, any game that has an idle animation where the character nods off and does Zeds. That's most games, isn't it? What games do you turn out to be dreaming in? Ooh, knights. There you go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, that's three. Uh, let's say it's five. Um, what have you been playing this week then, Steve? Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. Like, nothing. I, um, yeah, I, I, I went to install a game on my cell phone. Uh, well, that was my intention. Then realised I've no space on that and just gave up. Well, I have been uh, spending a little more time with Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, to give it its full name, uh, which I've been playing on 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 PC, um, uh, and it's just it's just really good. You know, I, um, as a long-term DC fan, it took me a while to just sort of acknowledge that actually Marvel is better, isn't it? You know, and certainly through the comics and the films that have. Uh, come out recently they're just they've just got more heart they've got more joy to them they're not always set at night <laughs> um and so um yeah i've, I've enjoyed the i enjoyed guardians of galaxy one i didn't like guardians of the galaxy two uh, particularly uh but you know it was it was okay um and, but i've got no strong affinity with uh, the guardians of the galaxy um so uh i went into this uh hearing that people were enjoying it but actually you know sort of no particular expectations myself and uh as we know or listeners to the show will know i am i am a fan of blockbuster video games so you know that sort of stuff does impress me and 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 yeah there is there is lots to like with guardians of the galaxy it's pulled together clearly with uh heart and from fans of the characters themselves um it's it's just funny it's just a funny smiley you know the quips and the scripts and the and the and the and the um some of the set pieces that you come up against are just are just great um it's got a 
banging soundtrack as well of old i mean you know i think this is the first time i've heard simple minds um in a video game and not even the popular simple minds really this is the early stuff so uh um sorry not the stuff right at the start but the stuff <laughs> before they started doing the stadiums but um yeah and so it's an axe adventure in which you uh play the guardians each of them has got like different abilities and stuff and that that big bit you know as most modern games do does feel a little over complicated right at the start but you seem to soon get to grips with it uh looks great uh combat is you know fine um i haven't struggled with any bits particularly yet but i'm just having a really good triple a romp um and yeah i thoroughly recommend it seven out of ten is it doing well i don't know i haven't seen it around the top of steam those are the charts i, I, mm. I tend to look at daily i, I mean it, it was doing well at the start um, but we're into blockbuster season now, aren't we? I mean, if you look at Steam now, it's top of the charts. is four different versions of Battlefield 2042 that everybody hates. Mm. So, um, uh, so yeah, difficult to tell, um, you know. But it's, yeah, if you haven't played it yet, it will probably be cheap sh- soon. So, just on that, I, I recommend. I saw mm. that. Um, uh, yeah, Battlefield is making people cross. Uh, and we've established that Call of Duty didn't do brilliantly uh, last week. Do you think that we're undergoing a sea change in the games that people are playing? Because those games have dominated for quite a while now. And do you think there's a shift? Um, people are moving to something else? Yeah, I mean, people are, you know, it, it's... Uh... Quite a lot of everybody's time, although I'd, I would guess, you know, n- n- not yours and certainly not mine, but quite a lot of people's time over the last week or so has been spent playing free, you know, Halo Infinite beta, mm. isn't it? Which, which everybody seems to be playing. Or they're all playing Forza. You know, I think that had 10 million players and, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to compete for people's time, particularly when there is so much high quality free stuff out there. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that there are different reasons for people um, not liking Battlefield 2042. But, you know, as we said earlier, people don't like the GTA uh, remasters, but they're still top of the charts. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you have a a lot of vocal people that um, are registering some displeasure. And I'm not certain what it is over Battlefield 2042, but... Um, uh yeah, I sorry, here we go. Yeah, frustrated with issues like the lack of a leaderboard. I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Screw those guys. No leaderboards. I Oh god, it's launched without support for in-game voice chat. Ah, the more I read of this, the more I hate it. I'm gonna buy it now. Slag <laughs> it off. I was surprised uh to read one of the news stories that I discarded in the, you know, 30 seconds when I was, I was scanning over Eurogamer was a story that said people are being mean about Battlefield on Steam. And I was like, well, people are being mean about everything. I, I think there was a, I think it was a story about, uh, there was another story about nerfing a weapon or rebalancing things in, in the new world game, right? That Amazon have put out, um, which everyone loved and then, Suddenly, everyone stopped playing. As far as I understand, it was like very, very, very popular, and then uh, isn't as popular right now. But this new story being people don't like rebalancing is not a story. Like that's 
always going to happen. That's part of rebalancing. So, yeah, it's a it's a problem. Games aren't finished ever these days. They're just shipped and adjusted, and all that does is annoy everybody involved. Do you think people are going to start getting less annoyed when they get some time off towards the end of the year, maybe? <laughs> Chill out a little bit? I don't think I will uh, get any time off anytime soon, which is ironic for someone who has just left his job. Um, but maybe, 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 maybe. I'm excited though, Simon. I'm excited. Do do we have any other business or is that the end of the show? I think that's the end of the show, Steve. All right. I've really enjoyed today. I'm not sure that video game content has been quite up to our usual standards, uh, but I've had a, I've had a nice time. Have you? Steve, that's the most important thing for me, that is that you enjoy yourself. Good, for me too. I hope our listeners have as well. Thank you to them and thank you to Resonance for broadcasting us. As always, uh, we will be back in one week's time. But until then, goodbye! Goodbye!